Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Board Game Barbarians. I'm your host, Andrew, and with me, as always, is my board game barbarian brother, Justin. Hello. Hello. I'm a robot. <laughs> Starting out strong. Yeah, I thought I'd do the robot bit. Starting out with, and you can't see it, but he's doing the robot. I am, yeah, I am. I'm very good at it. Since yeah. since this is audio only, I'm fantastic at it. I'm also very he's attractive. Yeah, you know, never seen um, anyone do the robot <laughs> as well as he has. And I sound so casual while doing it too. It's it's fascinating, really. It takes no effort. It's effortless <laughs> for him. Um. Hi, Andrew. Hi. Well, I guess uh, I'll just get some stuff out of the way, some some housekeeping. Please go listen to Justin on his regular show, uh, Retro Warriors, that he hosts. It's a retro video game podcast. I don't know that I'd call it regular. It's very. In fact, if anything, I'd call it abnormal. Oh, I do. I do host abnormal show. It's quite abnormal. Nah, I think it's a regular show. (laughs) It's what I. It's what I uh, put other shows up to. Oh, is that what it is? I'm the, I'm the litmus test? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, I do have another show called Cinema Rogues. If you'd like to go check that out, it is a movie review podcast of sorts. Uh, and it's uh, it's pretty good. Of sorts. Of sorts. Sometimes sometimes <laughs> some we don't kind. really review it. We just kind of like talk about it. Yeah. Uh, and I think actually most of the time we don't review it. We just are like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a review. Saying that something's good is a review, you know. It's good. You should go watch it. That's a review. And now it's not a, yeah. a very in-depth one, but it's that's all that one that counts. We make some suggestions and then we kind of just, you know, ruin the whole thing at the very end. We got a spoiler section. So if you <laughs> yeah. if you like spoilers or you've already seen the movie, then definitely watch the episodes we do. It's gotta be one person watch. out there that's just like, man. I just love spoilers. Oh, man, I love spoilers. I just, that's what I'm into. I love getting things spoiled for me. It's the I just, best. I just don't want to enjoy anything on my own the first time. I just want to already know. I want to know all the information I can have. Vader's Luke's father. You know, and I want to well, know all this stuff. Just <laughs> You can bleep out that spoiler so people don't get nah, it's spoiled. Fine. It's all right. <laughs> they haven't watched it. It's like that one time I ruined The Great Gatsby for Matt. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know I didn't personally know anyone that didn't read The Great Gatsby in school so it's kind of like hey man if you didn't read that book that's yeah, on it was, you it was definitely weird uh, yeah. that he didn't like that he was like hey I didn't I didn't know the ending yeah <laughs> what you wow. been up to what you what you been doing <laughs> nothing I, I was on vacation in Florida and my I can't I just can't I cannot get my shit on track since I've been back yeah, been kind of like scatterbrained a little bit. It's been rough. It's like you come home, and you're already like feeling a week behind, right? Like shit's already, uh, uh, you, you know, you've been you missed things. You're behind. You gotta catch up on work. You gotta catch up on your stuff, and and uh and, and then like new shit kept happening before I felt like I was caught up on the shit that I missed, and and yeah. just this whole holy shit, this whole week has just been. It's just shot. I'm just I give up. It's I'm over it. What is it? Tuesday? Yeah. All right. I'm done. I'm done with this week. This week can bite me. I'm over it. <laughs> Lemon, it's Tuesday. <laughs> uh, as far as board games, um, nothing except for what we played on our game day. Um, yeah, we had a game day. Not a gosh darn thing outside of, I mean, video games, tons of video games, lots obscene, unhealthy amounts of video games. But not, not board games. No, not even 
video game adaptations of board games, just totally unrelated. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I keep wanting to like get something out, get something to the table at home. Um, but it's just, it's just my life is no, insane no right now. So yeah, it just has not happened. Track. Yeah. track of time. I every day I'm like, it's such and such day. Like I keep missing things, <laughs> missing appointments. It's been it's like you like it's like you slept through multiple days. I feel I feel like I feel like every day I wake up while I was sleeping, another day happened and I missed everything on that day. Like that's just how behind I feel every day. Jeez. I just gotta get gotta get there. I feel like you're either gonna at one point feel caught up or you're just gonna have to cut your losses and be like, whatever I needed to do that day is just gone. I <laughs> that's will not all do it. Forget all of that. Yeah. Um, that day is gone forever. That's never gonna do it again. Just that was your mother's birthday. Nah, nope, over and done with. No makeups. Yep. Forget it's it. Tom it's tomorrow. Oh shit, my mom's birthday isn't like two weeks. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, board games. <laughs> board games. Uh, I guess I'll talk about what I did. So I got Oath, yeah, the leader games, mm -hmm. uh, Kickstarter game, and I have yet to play it. Is I that available I'd... at retail yet, or do you know, or is it? I don't. I don't know. I was just curious. I, I just want to make you Google something in the middle of the show. So you know. I haven't been to a board game shop, so I don't know if it's if it's there. Yeah. Um, I mean, their stuff's been selling up pretty pretty rapid fire lately, anyway. Um, with with uh, root getting slightly difficult to find, and it seems like kind of all their stuff is a little light right now while they're fulfilling things. Which is sort of their their general cycle, it seems. It's on Amazon for one hundred and ninety dollars. <laughs> is that so? Technically, it's on sale. Is that retail? Uh, I don't think so. I don't uh, know if it's retailing. I thought it was like a. Um, I actually, I don't even want to throw a price out there and disappoint people when I, I go under it. So, um, but yeah, I didn't think it was too crazy expensive of a game. How you see, so you haven't played it at all. Uh, it's on miniature market for ninety six bucks. <laughs> miniature market doesn't normally uh, price up. Uh, or or uh, markup is the phrase well, I'm looking Foundry for. Foundry Games. Uh, so, is Leader Games bucks. has it up for pre-order for 120. Oh, Leader Games has so it's it's a a hundred dollar game. Yeah, I don't know why when I saw it on Kickstarter, it didn't look like a very big game, like physically, like didn't it didn't seem like a lot of components. Uh, it's a lot of cards. Okay, okay. Well, you know, cards and gotta it's be a pretty printed. big box. Okay, it's, it's bigger than Root. By, by a wide margin. Yeah, I'm trying to look at it on your shelf. I can't even see it over there. Can you just drag your whole webcam over there to your game shelf so I can just inspect everything? Well, there's a thing covering it up. So okay, you, you didn't want me, you didn't want me to see it. Yeah, I didn't want you get, to see it and get jealous because yeah, I didn't pay the Kickstarter money. I don't deserve to see Oath. That's right. It's <laughs> although, like, I feel I'm pretty sure if you pre-ordered on Leader Games, it still comes with all the Kickstarter shit, like the mm -hmm. stuff that they're like. If so you, maybe if that's you, why it's $120. If you kickstart it, you get the premium tokens and card sleeves. And I was Does it like, come well, with a $50 bill on the box? Uh, no, it did not. Okay, if that would be did, a lot, lot of value there. I'm going to cut up the box right now just see if they put it in a slip <laughs> somewhere. Or... <laughs> what happened to your copy of Oath? I just thought maybe they hid money in it. I don't know. The price seemed a little high. So I thought... <laughs> um. I did get to play a seven-person game of Mysterium, which was the oh, largest. Does it even support that? I guess you got an expansion for that, huh? No, there's. Uh, we had six uh, mediums, and then I played the ghost. Mm -hmm. So there's enough players for it. In the box, okay. Yeah. Oof, uh, that seems intense. 
and we won. It was good. It was a fun time. I mean, we played like easy mode because we had a bunch of new players. But. I always play easy mode on Mysterium. I'm just, I'm just an easy mode chump. I, I just, I, I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't, don't make it hard. Guy. Don't make it hard. It we'll did touch make back the, on like, that particular preference later this episode. I think. So. Yeah, we we did make it uh, to the end. It was like very touch and go because there was like two people could only see a certain amount of cards, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and luckily one of them guessed right. And then the other three people that could see all the cards were like. Well, I don't know. It could be these three things, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, that's nice. It's, it's it's nice to kind of get near the end, to have that tension, that that you know, that arc build up, and then and then still kind of overcome it. That's pretty cool. It was pretty great. It was a good, yeah. good, good, really long game. Like I'm pretty yeah, sure. I can't even imagine. Us. And we did the timer too. It, it we still did the timer, and it was. Oh, I never do the timer like ever. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't do the timer. I do easy. I'm, I play the easiest, I, most leisurely game of Mysterium ever. I got to do the timer, man, because otherwise it takes forever no, for Mysterium, somebody to, to pick. Mysterium is my go-to. Um, like when I have family members over that are like, oh, yeah, uh, you want to play a board game? And they're like, oh, like Monopoly. I'm like, no, please don't. I have these other board games. <laughs> um, please don't. And, and so like I'll play it with like an aunt or a grandma or whatever. And so I try not to introduce things like and go, you know, where they have to like <laughs> right. do something on a time limit because it, it I, panics them. Now I wish that you kept a, a copy of Monopoly in your living room next to a trash can just so when somebody asks, you can throw it in the trash. <laughs> I mean, used copies of Monopoly are so cheap, I could just buy them in bulk and just be yeah. like, no, and trash it every time. <laughs> I won't! <laughs> just smash it in there. Um, I got the Duke, finally. Mm-hmm. So I haven't. I opened it up and looked at it, and I was like, "That's cool." And I got the Duke. Sounds like a euphemism for going to the bathroom. Got the Duke. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> that was very juvenile, but it, I couldn't. I had. I had to put it out in the world. I, I yeah. got the Duke. I got the Dukey. Um, the Duke's a fantastic game. Yep, I can't wait to play it with someone someday. <laughs> Oh man, have you you've played it with me before, right? We played it a few times. Yeah, we've we've played it multiple times. It's um, a really a, fun game. That's why mutual, I bought it. A mutual friend of ours. Every time we have like board game night, or I go over there and we play play cards or whatever. At the end of the night, he's always like, "Oh, let's play game of the Duke first. Oh, well, let's get a couple games of the Duke before you go home." Like, uh, <laughs> just it. The Duke is is just a great game. I remember I taught it to an older v. family member, and I taught it to you too. I taught it to our mutual friend. Um, I feel like I, I like got the Duke and I was like, everyone, the Duke is great. And then it worked. Everyone believed me, which is good because it is great. <laughs> um, it, and, and what I love is it's like in your head, if you can understand chess, you can basically understand the Duke, which isn't to say you need to know what all the pieces do, because that's right. the beauty of the Duke is each piece is a wooden tile that tells it you shows how you. it moves. But it doesn't use standard chess movement. But the idea of, okay, this is these are my pieces on a board. I'm trying to capture your pieces, and we move around a grid. Like, people are, like, intrinsically, like, okay, I can understand that pretty easily. And then you go, and the tile shows you what it does. And here's a little cheat sheet of the two or three vocabulary terms you need to be aware of. And then you just grab them out of a bag randomly and see what you can do, you know, uh, uh, on the board. and See what you can do with it. I guess checkers is maybe another, uh, uh, you know, something where it's like, hey, I've got like six or seven little pieces on a board, and it's just squares. People are that that seems, people are 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 seem more open to jumping in on that than than something else, you know. Also, Onitama, a very similar, Onitama and the Duke operate in a very similar portion of my game library. Yeah, I like I like Onitama. That was a cheap 
fun two-player game. I have it. I just don't know where it is. It's, <laughs> it's not with my. It's that weird games. Jenga shape box. So you know, it could be propping yeah. up in a door or something, or table leg. <laughs> it could be, I guess. Uh, Onitama. I, I like the Duke more than Onitama. I think, but Onitama is still a good time. Onitama feels a little. Uh, because I'm, it's been a while since I played, I feel like Onitama has mostly open information. So in the Duke, there, there's unrevealed information where when you draw your tile, you know you don't know what it is in, until you draw it. And uh, I feel like in, you know, maybe I'm misremembering. I'm just, I think I just forgot how Onitama plays now. But it's good. They're both good games. Yeah. <laughs> um, I also I kickstarted for like fifteen bucks. So I always I I'm, I'd always do the pulp games. I think I yeah. told you about uh, Pulp Detective. I was like, Pulp Detective with like the first three, ex- first two expansions is like mm-hmm. perfect. Then the third expansion like fucks it, <laughs> um, like <laughs> makes it not fun. I remember so- I, I played it with you and we played just the base game. And yeah. it was like, it was kind of, it was one of those things where like, it was almost too light, you know? Like it was like, it's okay. Hey, you There's, know, if it's on the table, I'll play it doesn't give you enough choices to feel like you're affecting the game like the whole yeah. game just feels random yeah it's one of those games where where at least the base game anyway to me it's just kind of you're you're more like okay well i'm just moving these pieces and then now we're done and it wasn't yeah. bad but okay you know the the second or the first and second expansions um definitely give you like make you feel like you're making choices right um and then the third expansion kind of takes that away for some reason <laughs> Or makes it like obtuse. I don't know. They gave you too many choices. They wanted they yeah. were dialing it back. Um, but then I got Pulp Invasion. I have yet to play it. I played it digitally multiple times before I kickstarted it. Because now I was is that like, the one? Is is that is that like sci-fi? Yeah, it's like all okay. sci-fi. Like you're trying to find an alien super weapon and destroy it before the aliens kill Earth. But it's that same like '50s ray gun sci-fi style. Yeah, it's all like pulp comics. Yeah, '50s '50s yeah, style. Um, and I, I played it multiple times digitally cause they released it before the Kickstarter even went live. Um, and I really liked it. And then I got the physical copy and I was like, I got it. And then never <laughs> haven't played the physical copy. Yet. <laughs> uh, and now I've kickstarted the second or the first second expansion. That's okay. It's the beauty of board games. You put them on your shelf and they stay the same forever. Unlike yep, yeah. everything else in life. That's true. <laughs> they're, they're a constant they're just a constant. I can take Memoir 44 off my shelf in 50 years if I'm still alive and play it and it'll be the same. Yep, except it'll be 50 years older. It will probably it'll probably disintegrate by then. Yeah. <laughs> uh we had a we had a game day. Yes. We're starting we them up. Yeah. Guys, we did it. We're back back official. Well, I mean, we've had a game day or two since the pandemic started. But this right. is our first like back at the game store. At the game closet in Waco, playing board games. Yep. Got our, um, our our hamburger. Yep. And our pizza. Yeah, and I do I do specifically because I, I feel like we've said the name of the store on the show, but I want to say it on the show again. Is the game closet in Waco? They got a new location, and it's just what it's it's it's, it's like such perfect a it's, smack dab in the middle of both the places that we eat at. It's such a wonderful game store. I've been to many many game stores in my time, and every single time I've ever gone. They have always been the most welcoming, nice, accepting store. It's just it's just such yep. a blast to be there. I love being in that store. It's a great place. Please, if you're in Waco, Texas, for whatever reason, uh, go check out the game closet. <clears throat> yeah, 
I don't know why you'd be in Waco, but <laughs> if for, by some horrible <laughs> happenstance you end up in Waco, Texas, go to the game closet. Yep, go check it out. <laughs> um, all right, well, I guess we're getting some news. They did announce Unmatched Battle of Legends Volume Two. Yes, uh, which is featuring. Yenenga, Achilles, Sun Wukong, and Bloody Mary. I'm excited for this. Is, is that um, um, Sun Wukong as in Journey to the West? Yeah, like Goku. Or like Journey to, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Monkey yeah. King. Yeah, the Monkey King. Yeah. I, I, I thought that looked familiar. That's exciting. Uh, I like the idea of Achilles as well. We played some Unmatched on our game days. It had been my first time in over a year. Who did you and play? You played... Uh, I played Bruce Lee every time. Bruce Lee. And, and we'll played... continue to play Bruce Lee Every time. Every time. So. Well, I'll just, I'll just won't bring him next time. All right, then I here. won't play. Um, I didn't bring Medusa with me because I painted her, and then I did. I liked it so much that I just have it like on my on your shelf. Desk. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so she was not in the box. Yeah, I need to go back and start painting. I need to just paint in general. In I have not painted a miniature in over a year, and I have it all set up. And every now and then I walk by it, and I feel great shame. <laughs> <laughs> and then I go, I move on. Um, next up, you got Key to the Kingdom box art and folding board art revealed, and it also shows up on Amazon for forty five ninety nine with coming soon delivery estimated in December. I'm unreasonably excited. This might be my most anticipated thing in the tabletop gaming space right now. Um, one, the original game had such really cool ideas for what a 1990 board game. Um, two, it has become tremendously dated in the intervening time. Uh, three, I think the price is right. Four, I think them keeping the folding board is an important aspect of what makes Key to the Kingdom feel so special and different. Um, I think it's, it's other than not being in love with the art still, it's okay, yeah. but I don't love it. Um, I think it's pretty well lined up to be a home run in my book. Because, I mean, really, all you got to do is take the, the handful of really cool ideas from Key to the Kingdom, like the hidden treasures, chasing each other around the board to get the key, you know, folding the board in and out, having different challenges, and just update them in the slightest. And you have, in my opinion, still a very good board game. Yeah. Um, so I I'm, say, I'm excited for that. For, for me, the art is the, the most un... un you know... Uh, uh, it's the thing I don't like the most about it. Yeah, so far. Key to the Kingdom has that, you, like you so went, many other fantasy themed board games. It was that like '80s, very realistic realism, like yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, style that like and now um, we're going into this like poppy art, art yeah, cartoon. It was like, that AD and D second edition, you know, uh, uh, era of of fantasy art that is very distinct. And it it I, I don't know that it's I don't think the art now is bad. I think it just feels weird being applied to Key to the Kingdom, if that makes sense. You know. Yeah, like going away from the realistic art uh, art style of the original. Yeah, it'd be like if the next weird. Warhammer had them all in in, in like you know a uh, uh, bright pink armor and happy clouds everywhere and stuff. You know, you'd be like, yeah. it's still Warhammer, but it just looks kind of like weird for Adventure Warhammer. Adventure Time Warhammer. Yeah, you know what? Actually, I take it back. I'd buy that if they did an Adventure Time <laughs> Warhammer or just really like goofy neon colored Warhammer. I'd I'd buy that. I'd be all over that. I do. I am excited for the forty-five dollar price. Price. Yeah, I think it's. Uh, uh, I think it's good. I, I'm hoping that they can uh, update it again. They're, they're, you know, the core ideas of Key to the Kingdom are just so cool that they don't need to do a ton of work there. Although I'm sure they have Restoration Games does very good work. Um, uh, I, I'm excited for it. I, I really am. I am too. I can't. I. I guess we're gonna have to wait until December, but. Hey man, that's at least now we have a date. We didn't yeah, have a mind. date before. 
I don't mind at all. I have a million other board games that I've played like once or twice that I can get around to. Yeah. <laughs> um, another Dune board game was announced. Another Dune one. House, yeah, it's Dune third House one? Secrets. I think this is the third or fourth. Yeah. <laughs> what? Uh, it's set to come out, kind of getting a little oversaturated there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this one's cover art is is of like shows actors from the movie, so I'm assuming mm-hmm. it's some sort of movie tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, probably forgettable. Yeah, probably a cash grab. For in my, in this just, I'm sure there are people out there that love having movie stills in their games that are based on movies. But for me, having a movie still in a game is the easiest way for them to telegraph to me that I just probably shouldn't bother. <laughs> and, like, am I the only one that I'm like, oh, you didn't even hire an artist? Ah, no, I'm good. Like, yeah. <laughs> Especially when you've got uh, from all. At least, like the the first Dune game that came out, that was a remake. Yeah, uh, of, of the, the old school Dune game. Yeah. yeah, and it it in it very uh, good looking game, very well reviewing game. I haven't played it because it requires three plus, and we only know each other. Yeah, um, we don't know anyone. Else. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and I mean, uh, you know, no disrespect to the people designing Dune House Secrets, but anytime you're like, ah, slap some movie stills up on there, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm yeah, just... I assume I assume any cards probably have movie stills or anything else that has to do with the art, the yeah. the, the board. The probably board trying just... to just just capture the broader audience up in the marketing, uh, uh, you know, uh, blitz for Dune. Which I'm also yeah. I'm excited for the movie. I hope it's a good movie. I, I I like Dune as a property. I do hope it's a good movie, but we'll we shall see. You could talk about it on, like, if you had, like, a movie podcast or something. That'd be I really could. great. If I did have one, <laughs> I would totally talk about it. Uh, starting July 26th on GameFound, Masters of the Universe Miniatures board game is being crowdfunded, but no shipping options for the U.S. listed, possibly a licensing issue. I don't know if I'm excited for this or not. Well, you can't have it, so. Uh, yeah, apparently not. They won't ship yeah. it to me. They won't but, ship uh, it to you. <laughs> Um, they, so they're coming out with two new Masters of the Universe shows. Uh, they have two new mas- They have two Masters of the Universe toy lines. Uh, really, three if you want to break it up. Currently going. They they mm-hmm. have Masters of the Universe is is, is enjoying a renaissance. Um, there's a new series coming July 27th. There's another one that's different. That's also Masters of the Universe that Kevin Smith is working on. It's called Revelations. Um, it's it's all just very very. Um, there's a lot of it. There's a lot of Master Universe going on right now. A lot. Of I read. On. I read online, and I and it was not a reliable source. It was just a forum that. Come on. Me. Oh, it was. Yeah. Yeah. I know it wasn't. Continue. Uh, Come on, Games is the one that owns the U.S. rights for Master of the Universe. So, mm-hmm. potentially something coming from them. I don't want. My thing is, I don't want something miniatures heavy, and I don't see how we're going to get a Masters of the Universe board game that is not miniatures heavy because it's literally a toy line that they made into a cartoon. Like, it is so... It's just going to be. How upset would you be if it was just, like, chibi art style miniatures? (laughs) Um, Masters of the Universe. I don't know. I'm not a big chibi art style. I'm on record as not loving, like, the chibi art style. Yeah. Um... So I, I don't know. I, uh, I have so much Masters of the Universe stuff they, already in my house that I don't know that I need to add 700 unpainted miniatures of it, but we'll see. Yeah, geez. If they did a, a Marvel United Masters of the Universe expansion. Mm. Yeah. Gosh. 
Uh, well, cool. Well, we'll get into the topic at hand, which is Mage Knight. Oh, boy. What a biggin'. Which is a game that you've been requesting to do for quite some time. Uh, I've been... I've been expressing and by that, I mean requesting interest. to play. Yeah, I've been it's expressing interest in potentially teaching it, but also being very scared to teach it. Yeah, for a very long time. It, I mean, I I would we'll get into it, but it was not <laughs> it was not difficult to learn. Like you, I think you taught it well. Yeah, I don't um, remember how to play it right now, but <laughs> I don't I don't remember anything about it right now. But it was good at the time. I swear. <laughs> Um, yeah, Mage Knight is a, a 2011 board game um, that that came out. Uh, uh, it's Vladash Vatil, the very uh, well-known and celebrated designer who has done many, 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 many games. He has a lot of fans in the board game space. Um, it has uh, enjoyed three expansions. The Lost Legion, which was 2012. The Crane character expansion was 2013. And Shades of Tesla was released 2015. Uh, and they came out with an Ultimate Edition right after I bought my edition, all expansions, a wooden insert, and sleeves for everything. Those assholes. It's like they knew I bought it, and they're like, now we can now we can release it. Now we'll release the <laughs> Ultimate Edition. Now's the they time. They just call it the Justin Edition. Um, so I, uh, I, I uh, uh, picked my number up for the 2018 Ultimate Edition, which came out, and included, I think, like... 10 new cards that were dual color cards. Oh, are those the cards you're talking about you had to buy separately? Which, of course, I had to buy them direct from WizKids. The thing about WizKids is you have to spend $50 to get free shipping, and if you pay for shipping, the shipping for 10 cards is like $25. Oof. So I bought a whole bunch of dumb WizKids miniatures that are like buried in a box somewhere and ended up spending 60 bucks just to get these 10 cards. But I didn't want to spend 40 bucks to get the 10 cards because that was a ripoff. I'll spend 60 and get some junk I don't want. I don't know what I was thinking. I should have just paid the money. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do have a complete, to date, uh, everything Mage Knight that has uh, ever released. Yeah, we were we were afraid for a little bit whenever we were playing because it looked like you had a piece missing, but I, <laughs> I eventually found it. I like that I was I noticed it was missing and I was trying to low key not panic about it in my head, and I could yeah. tell that you were realizing that I was really upset about that one missing piece. Yeah, I was like, well, you you were doing like a pretty good job, but you kept just saying, "Well, I got to find it. Where is it? It's got to be in the box." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh no." <laughs> Hopefully it's in that box somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it it was bothering me, and it was a, a piece that is functionally useless within it. You don't you really don't need it. Um, but yeah, I was in my head. I was like, oh my god, it's incomplete. Like I was, <laughs> it's <laughs> Mage Knight is the only game that I own in its totality. I own everything from Mage Knight. It's the only game on my shelf, and it all fits in the original box. And I, I get a lot of pleasure out of out of that. Just yeah. that fact existing um as far as development mage knight was originally released as a collectible miniatures war game in 2000 um the collectible war game itself you'll notice it really looks like hero clicks because hero clicks was it basically took the the click base thing from mage knight is my understanding yeah um it had 18 expansions they are not compatible in any way with a board game. Uh, it's a totally separate game. It's it's not 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 related at all. Um, the board game itself has won tons of awards. It was uh, had nominees for Dice Tower's Annual Best Game of the Year Award for 2011, finalist in general strategy category in the of the 2012 International Gamers Awards, 2012 Golden Geek for most thematic. 
2013 Origins Award for best or pardon me, best board game nominee. Uh, 2012 Spiel to Spiel Hit Fuhr Experten recommended, <laughs> and 2012 Golden Geek Most Innovative Board Game nominee. And I believe I haven't checked it in in a while, but I believe it's still rated as the, if not close to the, um, highest rated solo board game. Yes. On Board Game Geek, I think it's in the 20s right now as far as board game geek all-time greats. They're they're yeah, all-time highly all suggested uh yeah. single player game. <clears throat> it is an e- extremely celebrated game. Any if you go on to Board Game Geek and you type solo board gaming, you will see Mage Knight. Uh it, it's just, and, and I it still, is I still I still don't know how I feel about solo board gaming. <laughs> you know, I feel like we really had to do an episode on it because I don't know how I feel about it either. And I flip-flop on it. In my head, I feel like I like it. And then when I'm doing it, I'm like, I'm just moving pieces around a table by myself. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it. it That's it's, why it's, I don't play solitaire. Like, Well, I play solitaire, but I play it on my phone or my computer. And it's fine there. But when I'm sitting at a table just flipping cards, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> like, there's not, you know, I need that, like, video game dopamine hit to keep me engaged. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, the game is put out by WizKids, so there have been, over the years, some production issues that are pretty common for WizKids. Things like card backs being slightly different colors, tiles being slightly different shades of whatever color they're supposed to be. You know, your yeah. standard WizKids fare. Um, no, no shocker there. No $50 bills in the box. No $50 bills. In the, I ripped it to shreds. Could not, yeah. could not find one. <laughs> um, I guess we, we could do first impressions if you want to start with that. Sure. Um, I, I mean, my first impression doing just the base scenario or the first scenario uh, is just what a, the, a fun game. And yeah. we'll kind of we'll get into a little bit more of the like nitty gritty of playing more of it. Yeah. But... Um, as you've put it multiple, multiple times, it is very Heroes of Might and Magic, if anybody's ever played that video game. Yeah. Um, it is a board game version of that almost completely. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's fun. You run around, you kill things, you take castles, you level up. Um, you, there's, a, there's a slight deck building mechanic to it and mm-hmm. just a really enjoyable game until we got to the big scenario. <laughs> Which, yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, and I guess we should briefly explain how the game plays on the table. Um, yeah. So at, at its core, Mage Knight really is a, like you said, like a deck building card puzzle game. Um, so you have a large uh, pile of map tiles. You are revealing a map as you go along. And on this map are tons and tons and tons of things to interact with. Dungeons and temples and cities and monasteries. And you can uh, stop in all these different places, do different things. You have a big experience and a reputation board that that uh, experience goes up as you you know gain is pardon me it's called a uh, fame your fame goes up uh, and you you level up as your fame goes up throughout the land from doing uh, different deeds and you also have a reputation board so as you do things that the locals of that area do or don't like your reputation will go up or down and that's going to determine how easy it is for you to accrue followers so as the game goes on you have the way you interact with the world is via a deck of cards. You start with a base deck of 16 cards. Over time, you add different things to your deck, um, such as advanced actions. You have very powerful spells. You have um, 
uh, uh, artifacts that can be added to your deck. And it's, it's mostly about using this deck uh, to move and battle around this world. So it's a lot of hand optimization, uh, card optimization, working out what your optimal play is in a situation, uh, which I get a lot of joy out of card games that, that want that from me. A but, lot of like, hey, what is my best avenue for play right now? And figuring that out from your hand of cards, I like that a lot. Because you only have a certain amount of rounds to get get all that done with, right? All of the scenario it is scenario based, and they are all all, all timed. Um, and there's a lot of different scenarios. Unfortunately, we really only had time to play the introductory scenario and one big full conquest scenario that took us three four hours. Yeah, it took it's a long one. It's yeah. it's a long one. I remember I was in the scenario book, and I go, "Well, they got Blitz, which is a faster game." And you go, "We got time. We did the, yeah. we did the big one. We did have time, I guess." I guess we should have done the shorter one just so we could get more scenarios in. Right. Uh, the game also has a mana system. Um, so there's mana constantly being generated by dice rolling, and you also have cards that generate mana. Um, now, you don't need mana to perform your basic actions, like in something like Magic the Gathering or, or a lot of other card games where you need you need to pay for your card. If you have the card, you can play it. But if you have a matching mana, whatever card it is, you can play it in its more powerful form. Um, so there's a lot of uh, optimizing what mana you have, of what colors, planning ahead, building your deck as you add actions to it. Every time you end your turn, you get to draw back up to your card limit at the end of the round. When one person decks out, uh, the next round starts, it flips to day or night, and then you you reshuffle your deck and go from there. Um, it's also about getting those sweet, sweet crystals. <laughs> it's... <laughs> They, you know, every review I've watched, people shit on the... There are actual little crystals in the game. And they're little colored crystals. And, and all the reviews are like, yeah, you might want to place, replace those with some nicer looking crystals. I love the little dumb plastic yeah, crystals I in like Mage the, Knight. The, the, the plastic crystals that come with it. Because yeah. they're talking about doing like the little... Just like little beads, glass, or they got little um, faceted gems and stuff. You can get. I've seen a lot of people upgrade it that way, and I'm like, no, man, I like these I, these little crystals. They're very tactile. I like you digging get my crystals. Diamonds, perfect. That's great because <laughs> they're so multicolored, right? That they can cover yeah. all the different mana colors you need. Um, the the game is famous for its complexity. I think on BGG, it's rated at like a four point three out of five. Um. So it, uh, it it is very well known. A lot of people don't even recommend playing with more than two players because the turns can go long. It's a long teach. It's a long game. Um, I, I don't feel like once you... Because it didn't take me too long to learn the game. Yeah. Like the base... Well, the base, the, the base gameplay is you play... It's a card game. I mean, I can teach yeah. you how to do the card portion of it in five minutes. That's easy. It's It does very... It feels very Gloomhaven. If you're a Gloomhaven fan... It does feel a little bit like Gloomhaven with the top and bottom actions, and you can play them for basic actions. Um, uh, uh, obviously, this came years before Gloomhaven, but it's the same kind of it's the same way that Gloomhaven, the basic core card game idea of that, is pretty easy to wrap your head around. Yeah, but the rest of it takes some learning. I mean, I um, would say like even that. the rest of it, like <laughs> learning it within the first scenario. The first scenario does a good job of of teaching you how to play the game. Yeah, and I would feel I I would say it's not that complicated once you kind of play the first I, scenario i, I kind of sell it as a reference game when i tell it to people i say this is the kind of game that you're going to learn the core gameplay but then there's going to be a hundred different icons and you need to just print out and have in front of you a yeah. reference sheet because you don't need to know all the icons but what's going to happen is you're going to reveal a map tile and go oh it's got these four icons on it what are all those and what do i do whenever they come out 
And so I keep a reference sheet. You lay down a map tile and you go, oh, um, this has a little picture of a sword. That sword is a rampaging enemy. So we're supposed to put a green enemy token on it and flip it over. And when I get near them, they attack me. You know, yeah. it's just a lot of looking back at this reference, uh, especially in combat. There's a lot of different combat symbols. It's one of those games that it doesn't come with a quick rec reference that that has everything in one succinct spot. Yeah. Um, but I highly recommend printing one and having it because even veteran players will need to use it frequently. And you can find them online. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as first impressions, I bought the game intending to play it solo because everyone said this is the be-all-end-all -all solo board game. You don't need anything else. This is it. Um, and I played it several times solo. I've played it seven or eight times solo at least and always really enjoyed it a lot. Um, it's one of the few solo board games that I do really get a lot of enjoyment out of playing because the card game puzzle is just so good and so engaging. Yeah. Um, and again, I really do like that finding your optimal avenue of play. If you're that kind of card gamer where what you really like is just staring at a hand of cards and coming up with like the best play in that moment, I think the core gameplay here will really hook you. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, I I, I kind of wanted to get into what we like about the game as a whole from yeah. what we've played. Yes. Um, so I think overall the mechanics of the game, everything is really solid. Um, and I mean like really like it's, it's a well-made game. Yes. Um, I like the art style. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, I think it fits. I, I played two characters and the only thing that was kind of, that was off about them was one of them. The, the pre-painting is kind of derpy, but yeah, they're, they're like, if you, if you are used to whiz kids and you're used to hero clicks, it's kind of that level of pre-paintedness, but it's cool that they yeah. come pre-painted at all. I mean, it's, you know, in a board game that really doesn't even, it's, and I should be clear in, in case it wasn't in the description, this is not a miniatures game. It's weird that it came from a miniatures game, but there's like, six miniatures in the whole box and they could easily yeah. be replaced with little character tokens like no problem i'm glad um, there's actual miniatures same I'm glad uh, but it's not tokens the miniatures in the game are largely incidental outside of the cities and even then the cities don't because the cities have the clicks the hero clicks base yeah but all that does is show you which tokens to put down they could just put that on the city's reference card like put down this token per this level of yeah. city it would be fine you know it's neat that they did it but uh, i think they're kind of incidental to the game i um <laughs> i also liked I, I played two you played the same character each time i played goldix i played yeah. goldix or the, the other guy's name uh um tovok mm -hmm. i play those those are my those are my guys i don't remember the characters names that i played but you played Arathia and Elfman. I don't remember Elfman's name. He's blue and he's Elfman. an elf. Elfman. <laughs> um, so I, I did like that they were drastically different from each other as far they as are, their yeah. abilities are concerned. Um, the I mean, your starting hand is, for the most part, the same, except for like two or three cards mm -hmm. are different. Um, lower level combat feels really solid. I like the system mm -hmm. of revealing tiles on the map. There are a lot of unique locations that appear giving you multiple tasks to accomplish. So there's a lot to do on the board, but it never feels overwhelming at first. Mm -hmm. um, I like that it comes with cool little miniatures that we kind of talked about. Um, but, and just the exploration of the game. Um, I didn't 
mind the full campaign. I didn't mind that it took like three to four hours. Yeah, like, the time wasn't my issue with it. And we'll get in the next yeah. section. We'll talk about our what our issue was. It, but the, was the a, length was not my problem. It was a fun three to four hours until about the last like 20, 30 minutes. I'm with you. I, I do love the exploration aspect of the game. Um, I, I, I really like it. I really like that it is um, scenario based. And the scenarios, even in the rule book, gets pretty loose with the scenario rules. It's very much like, hey, Play it however you want. If you want to set up the map this way, do that. If you want to maybe, you know, uh, um, create your own scenario, do that. If you want to maybe set up the whole map ahead of time so you're not exploring each tile, do that. It doesn't it doesn't break anything. Yeah. Um, because in, in, in it's kind of a, a part of having the exploration and the actual gameplay totally separated out the way they are means that you can set up the board, the exploration part, however you want, and the card game will remain unaffected and be, and still work the way it's supposed to work, which is I a think, cool idea. I think the next time that we play, I would like to set up the game board like <clears throat> tiles face down, mm -hmm. but set it up like the way that you, that you can move. Right. And that, way we can, that way we can kind of see like where we're walking, like where we can that walk. That makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and that is one of the things that, uh, again, you know, this right here, what we're doing right now is what I love about having that exploration totally separated out from the card play is that we can, the, the game really, it doesn't really encourage you, but it's, it, it kind of, by virtue of the way it's designed, encourages you to, to as soon as you finish a scenario, go, oh, I didn't like this part of that scenario. What if we did that same scenario, but we changed this, this, and this? And it's not in the booklet, and it's not yeah. a thing that that Vladis Fatil uh, uh, came up with, but it's a thing that you're like, yeah, let's let's tweak it a bit. And as opposed to something, um, another scenario-based game like like Conan or Hero Quest or something, where changing or tweaking or coming up with your own scenarios is difficult and time yeah, you have to put some work into it. Um, the the scenario setup in these is simple enough that you can just go what if we did the tiles this way what if we did the map in a big circle what if we did this what if we did that <laughs> and you can very quickly and easily slam out your own scenarios or tweak scenarios the way you want to make them still fun and engaging and it retains the same fun card play no matter what you do and and i i really like that a lot um so i guess yeah. flexibility is one of the things I, I do like about the game um I do uh, dislike that there are there are a lot of different types of scenarios and they're very different from one another. Um, in in some of the expansions, you're chasing down a big boss character and trying to find his base camp. And some of the in some of the scenarios, you have to find a city, conquer it, and then defend it from everyone else. There's ones where you just go around say, seeing who can delve the most dungeons in a scenario, and we really only had time for the, the full conquest cooperative scenario, which is very much the um, kind of big granddaddy type scenario that's like, hey, find all of the cities in this land and conquer them. Um, in six turns. In, in, <laughs> in six, six rounds. rounds, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, do, I, I do really like the game. I, I do, I, I think I'm with you where low level combat really shines. It's quick, it's fast, it's fun, it's enjoyable. Um, I do kind of like that the combat is really all or nothing. And I'm yeah. not going to get into the intricacies of how the combat system works, but suffice it to say, it's a little more complicated than just, well, I've got three armor and, you know, you're attacking for four, so I'll take one damage, right? No, that's not, I mean, 
yes, because of how it works, but it's a weird uh, armor reduction type scenario. There are several steps to the combat, and it can be a little complicated. Um, but the way the combat is set up is that ineffective blocking of attacks is useless. There's no point in doing it. There's also not any point in attacking a creature if you won't kill it. There's no, like, health or anything. It's you either killed it or you didn't kill it. Yeah. And I like that because it keeps you from getting in these death spiral situations where you're trading blows with something and then halfway into the battle after you've exhausted all your resources, you realize like, oh shit, I can't win this. Yeah. You know, it, it makes you realize up front, oh shit, I can't win this and take your licks and move on as efficiently as you can. And I, I like that. Which I feel like makes sense because if you're traveling the countryside right. and you see a huge dragon... You're not going to be like, I yeah. can kill that. Like um, Thematically, it makes a lot of sense. I love the day-night cycle. The world is treated differently at night. Um, it's harder and easier to cross different hexes of terrain. Um, different um, um, landmarks show up differently, have different visibility, operate differently. The magic system is slightly altered at night. Um, it's extremely thematic, and, and I do love that. You really do feel the game when you're playing it. Yeah. Um, and I think that the the really efficiency focused card play uh, plays perfectly into that theme. It's a, the, the theme of the game and, and the gameplay ties together very well. Yeah. Agreed. Um, I guess we'll get into some problems of the game. <laughs> um, I think speaking of combat, it can get a little in the weeds when you're trying to block and deal damage. Yes. Uh, massive amounts of damage. This is a there's game a, that deals a lot of math heavily in division and um and I mean the mathematical operation of division you're dividing things a lot. Um also uh, uh there's damage reductions. So you're having to constantly calculate damage reductions. Uh, uh this does half damage to that, that blocks this, this blocks that, that person's physical resistance, but I'm dealing this type of damage. Um, there, there, there's, uh, combat, once you reach the harder stuff, gets really complex, really fast. Now, if you're the kind of person that likes that really crunchy, really complex combat, like, if you don't have a notepad to write this down when you're doing some high-level combat, you're not going to be able to do it in your head. Yeah. It's going to take you, you have to write it down and be like, all right, I've got four ice block, and then that'll block this and then i've got two physical block and i've got two fire block and that only blocks this for half block so it counts as one block you, you really are going to spend some time mathing out some of these combats and for a lot of people they they like that and you the, the people that do like that you know it the kind of people that when you play magic the gathering you go all in on a big giant turn with 50 creatures and you enjoy crunching that out yeah um you'll enjoy this here as well uh, but it is there for people that are like no 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 I want to hit it, and if my number is bigger than their number, I want to win. You know, um, it is not that. Not that at all. Um, I think the movement, unless we did it wrong, could use some tweaking. Uh, you kind of get to the point where you can only move one tile a turn, which makes doing anything in the game feel impossible. I, I do think that's intention, and I've I've been thinking about it since our game, and I, yeah. I, I, I've kind of flip-flopped on it because what, what, what we did is – we, I think we played the scenario poorly. Um, oh, I've, most probably. I mean, <laughs> my second time playing. <laughs> right, and I'm bad at the game. 
Um, it was my, it was really my second time playing with another person. I'd never played this game multiplayer before. And so it was a lot of learning for me, a lot of differences for me. I think what happened was, um, we expanded the map too quickly and we, we got way off where we shouldn't have been. Um, and I, and, and this is kind of mixing your problems in the game with my problems with the game. Um, but it is one of those games where sometimes you'll lose a scenario and you'll realize you've lost long before the scenario is over. Right. And that's what happened to us. We ended up stuck in the spot where it was like, man, we, we, we pushed, we pushed so hard to get here. And it's like, there's no way we can win. We can barely move anywhere. I do think the slow movement is intentional. If you could zip across the map, you would have, I I think too many options per turn and it would lead to paralysis. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like that the movement moving around, like it's, you have to work to get your, your piece moved around the board where you want to be. And I think that keeps you from considering too many options. You're like, look, I can go there or I can go there. Let me crunch the numbers on both and see where I want to end up. Um, So I think it has its place. um, But I think you need to be aware of it, aware of like, hey, man, I don't want to get all the way across these two tiles full of swamps and mountains unless I know I want to be there because I'm not going to get back. It's going to take me five hands to get back. Right. Um. Purchasing abilities, magic, and followers felt a little like high for the cost a lot of times. Um, but at the same time, that could be on purpose so that way you're not just sitting there buying magic and followers and um, I think it's it's abilities. To to draw back to the Heroes of Might and Magic comparison, I've played games of Mage Knight where I'm like instantly overpowered i drew good stuff i got good abilities i pulled easy enemies with high xp values and by the time i hit the city i was just a tank rolling through the countryside um and then i've played games where it's like man i can't get anything i'm drawing bad it's just not working for me i'm playing good it's just not working for me i thought i was going to plow through the countryside when i got like first or second turn got that blood ritual you got some good stuff yeah that allowed me to just take a wound and draw from the abilities deck into my hand yeah and that i thought was going to be nuts and ended up not being nuts i think kind of a a, a defining factor between this complaint and the movement complaint is that in mage knight every single action you perform you have to put effort into there's not a single thing not even moving in the game happens easily you feel like you are fighting for every single thing that you get. And I think what we were doing, and I think this was our mistake, um, which isn't to say it's not a problem of the design because we weren't aware of our mistake until long after we had been making it for a long time. Right. Um, I think our mistake was we needed to be throwing everything we had into getting these abilities, getting more followers, getting the spell, yep. buying everything, just turn after turn, buy everything you can, get everything you can, build your deck as much as you can. And I think we were focusing too much on the world, which has nothing to do with our deck, you know, instead of getting our deck up to snuff and then tackling the world with it. Yeah, I think we were being the first huge map. Yeah. Um, I think we were we just were excited more, to keep flipping tiles. Yeah, we tiles. were like, oh, I want to flip tiles and look at what's what else is there. What else can I yeah. look at? Oh, there's a temple. There's a, yeah. a dungeon. Like, we were just so excited to, to go places and to look at everything that... Uh, I mean, we didn't buy magic until like the second of the last round. I feel like by the end of the campaign, there were a couple of times when we went 
oh, we could have just been buying blank this whole time and we weren't. And we felt silly for not having done it, you know. But at that not. at that point, and, and this is, again, an, an issue with scenario-based games like this, is that you're at the end of the scenario. You can't really go back. You can't really unflip the map tiles because you, you yeah. can't really unbuild your deck to where it was. You're just kind of like, oh, we screwed it up. You lost the scenario, you know. Right. Um, I would say the end of the full campaign kind of left me fatigue or just... <sighs> yeah. Like you said, we laid down the tiles in too too early or expanded too fast, yeah. They they matched up in such a way, like I said, for the movement that, that you just had like five movement tiles one <laughs> after the other. Um I don't know. Everything that you're fighting, like we said, was just Insane. so high level that it, it 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 required so much math and we we finally we got one city. We did conquer one city i think this this is um a byproduct of two things i think it's one um it's a game of variability you never know what you're going to draw you never know what you're going to get you never know what enemy you're going to flip over how much experience they're going to be worth there there is a lot of variability in this game i don't think too much but there's a good amount where if you're not paying attention to it it'll come back and bite you yeah. And I think also we we realized probably an hour before we ended the, the scenario that we lost the scenario. Yeah. And I think that made us kind of run out of steam. And by the very end of it, like that last hour, I feel like we were just kind of going through the motions because we were like, man, in, in my head, if I could go back in time, whenever we said, oh, we lost this, I just said, cool, throw it back in the box, deal it back out with a blitz campaign, and let's try again. That's right. that. And that's what I feel like I we should have we like, done. Let's- I think in my head, I was just like, let's just finish it so that mm-hmm. way we can say that we finished the, right. we technically finished the campaign. <clears throat> we just didn't win. <laughs> right. And and I get that. I, I would recommend anyone out there that if you're playing this and you look at a scenario and you go, oh, dude, we lost this. Yeah. Then flip the tiles back over. Go back to the beginning. Flip, you know, put your decks, you know, shuffle the cards back and redeal. And I, I think... Because I do it when I play solo. I do that a lot where I'll be like, I'm not finishing this one. I ain't going to make it on this one. <laughs> and I just push through. And a lot of the times I end up kind of being like, eh, well, you know, whatever. And setting the cards down and it sits on my table for two days. And then I put it up instead of just going, oh, lost that and flipping it over and putting it back yeah, out. I feel like that'd be a lot easier doing solo plays. Just being like, yeah. nope, lost. And then <laughs> put it. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think also um, it's one of those games where, where you you know, Sometimes we were flipping over enemies, and I was just like, no, not doing it. No. <laughs> and I put it back and draw a different one just because, well, you know. Part of that was we weren't doing any expansion enemies. Right. So the expansion enemies were a, a new level of complexity, so I kept drawing a lot of expansion enemies and be like, no, not dealing with expansion stuff right now. Just teaching the game to Andrew, just playing yep. through. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I do think it's one of those things where, um, yeah, there, there's there's not... When you when you fail a scenario, you know you failed it long before you failed. Just like Heroes of Might and Magic, where when you're playing that game, you're like, "Oh, dude, we lost this." But yeah. then you got to play through those like last few few rounds where they're storming your castle and beating your dudes up, and you're like, "Okay." And I feel like it's a problem a lot of uh, heavy strategy based games have, where it's like, you know, you know, you know, you lost. You know, there ain't right. no coming back from this, and you're just like, "Well, maybe if I kill just the right enemy and get just the right one card, that'll fix everything." And it's like, "No, nah, dog." You, yeah, you get the god <laughs> card where it's infinite movement, infinite <laughs> like strength. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, it, we all we both seemed a little afraid to take wounds in the game, and even I think that was also a mistake. Yeah. Even when once I became not afraid to take wounds, it flooded like one battle flooded my deck to the point to where I I could only do like one thing a turn. I feel like well, it's one of those things where um you kind of needed to know like my I play Goldix and he has one of his base skills is heal and I have heal cards in my base deck, so I was telling you like hey don't worry so much about taking wounds because I play Goldix. I don't worry about taking. I don't worry about taking wounds or getting crystals. That's what I do. I wake up in the morning and I take wounds and I get crystals. And that's what my guy does. And I gave you that advice. And that is not what your guy does. Not what your guy does at all. No. I, all I hear is gold dicks. <laughs> Every time you say his name. Look, gold dicks wakes up in the morning and gets crystals. That's what he does. He eats crystals for breakfast. Uh, my last thing is I didn't really get to look at the rule book a lot. It's a huge rule book. It's a train wreck. Oh, what a train um, wreck. But I, I don't know how good or bad that rule book is besides what you mentioned. I have read the Mage Knight rule book from prob- for a lot. I've read it a lot. I've referenced it a lot. I'm very, very confident in my statement that the Mage Knight rulebook is a mess. So it does the two rulebook thing where you've got the one rulebook that's, this is the walkthrough. We're going to walk you through how to play the game. We're going to go step by step. We're going to get you through everything. And and it expects everything to happen in a specific order. And the walkthrough is good. The problem with the walkthrough is that it's a walkthrough of a whole game of Mage Knight. And so you're really bored because it takes a long time to play a game of Mage Knight. And by the time you get into the walkthrough, you're like, oh my God. But the issue. Yeah, that sounds terrible. The issue is that the other book, the actual rule book, is it's badly organized. It's not done like reference style. Everything's clumped together. You have to fight to find things. It's just a train wreck. Um, it, it's not a good reference volume. It teaches the game well, it does. But when you go to reference a rule, you're like, all right, which rule, rule book is that in? There's some rules that are not in the rule book, but are only in the walkthrough. And that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Because theoretically, once you've done the walkthrough, you never go back to it. You're like, all right, I'm done with that. I've been walked through the game. I know how to play. I don't need it. So, it, it, yeah. And, and this is kind of dovetailing into my complaints with the game, um, which I, you know, some of yours I share to a degree. And we, we've we've addressed those, I think. Um my issue is is my biggest issue is that the rule book is a mess for a game that has as much and this game has more iconography than any other game that I own and I mean that by a wide margin there are just 150 different little icons that you're going to need to be referencing looking at knowing what they do knowing what happens um which is yeah, fine that's Batman <laughs> from City Chronicles yeah. for me which is fine if you print out a nice reference volume um, but sometimes those references don't have every rule regarding something on them. So then you're having to go, all right, I, there was one rule that I could not find in the rule book. And I was like, will you please Google this? I can't find this rule. And, and you looked it up and you said, oh, it's only in the walkthrough. It's not in the rule book. Excuse yeah. me. Do not call it the rule book. If it does not have all the rules in it. Um, but it, it yeah, so it's, it's, it, it it's. A little rough. Um, I, I I also 
uh, uh, I, as far as other complaints, I, I don't know. Um, most of your stuff I share to a degree. Uh, it, it's mostly my standard complaints with scenario-based strategy games, which are, if I've lost a scenario, make it obvious and make it end. Please yeah. make it stop. <laughs> make it stop now so I can do a new scenario. Because I think you and I both have this thing where, like you said, we're like, let's just get through it, where we, we're like dedicated to it. Right. And a lot of reviews and a lot of walkthroughs you see of this game are people going, you're going to lose a lot of scenarios. Because my other real major complaint is that the game is really hard. It's just a tough game. If you're not playing pretty efficiently, you'll just get your face stomped in. I mean, right. immediately. Uh, so it it does it does take a lot of of effort. You, you know, uh, it does take a lot of you you constantly from the very first enemy you fight you feel like you're overcoming the odds and on the right. one hand when it works and you do it feels wonderful so the highs are very high when mage knight is working when your deck is working when you're drawing good shit when you have the cards you need when you're getting the experience you need man you just feel like a one-man wrecking ball it is fantastic but when it's not working, you feel like the game just came over to your house and is just wrecking your shit for no reason. <laughs> You're just like, please stop. <laughs> um, you know, you, you and, and so it's one of those things where you kind of need to be okay with every now and then you'll play a scenario and you just kind of have to go, nah, this this is not, no. Flip it that back over, put it. it back in, pull it back out, shuffle it again, shuffle it better, put it back out. Yeah. Um, and I think if you're not comfortable doing that kind of thing, um, I also feel like if you're not comfortable going, I can't find that rule, let's just do this every once in a while, then, you know, you, you might get a little frustrated with it. I think it, it can be a frustrating game to navigate. Yeah. Um, both the gameplay and just referencing and, and figuring it all out. I will say me learning it by myself was hard. It was a hard learn. It is easy to teach. Um once I figured the game out and realized that, hey, it's basically, here's a card game, here's a map, they're kind of separate, and then figuring out where those two things interact with one another, and then just knowing to have a big giant reference sheet, you kind of work it out. Um, yeah. But it took me a while to get to that point. I remember I, whenever I, I, I told you, I was like, let's do Mage Night, and you said, okay, and I said, all right, but listen, it's got to be the whole day. If it's not the whole game day, we won't have time for it. Yeah. And you said, okay. And and then I I went and and I sat down with myself and I said, hey, what is the best way for me to to figure out how I want to teach this game to you, bring it to you and and teach it to you? And it really requires kind of breaking down a lot of the the kind of basic components of the game uh, to, to to a degree that that you need to. Uh, already sort of understanding you need to already go into it sort of understanding some of the basic systems you know kind of understanding how the cards work how the deck building works how the world building works and then you, you know once you've got that down you're good to teach to someone but it, it it takes a little bit of of effort getting there i think yeah uh well i guess we'll get into current impressions <laughs> Which they we've kind of been t talking about throughout the whole time. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still really like the game, and I, I want to play more. And especially now that we've, you know, both learned the game, it will be a lot easier and maybe not take the whole, 
game day, maybe we just spend like half the day like playing yeah. it kind of a thing. I, I'm excited to maybe come up with some smaller scenarios. Look at a scenario that looks cool and go, hey, let's do this one, but do it that way or do it with no time limit. Because, you you know, just little tweaks like that, I think, could make it yeah. much more palatable within our time frame. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of scenarios that we haven't even played before we even make up our own scenarios. And I, mm-hmm. I'd like to do that, the scenario with the dude that you chase or whatever. Mm-hmm. The, I don't remember his name. Uh, uh, Volcare, I think is his name. Yeah. He's So in the game, you've got miniatures for the cities and miniatures for your characters. And the expansion for Volcare includes a Volcare mini and he's bigger than the cities. He's ginormous. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I was left kind of wanting with the full campaign, but, uh, I'm interested in seeing what other scenarios have to offer. Yeah. I I think I'm kind of in the same spot. Um, that, that full campaign we played was one of, if not the roughest, uh, games ended up being, I mean, obviously the early game of Mage Knight is, is just running around having a good time. But I think that was one of the roughest endings to a game of Mage Knight that I've experienced. Um, so that, that you know, one, it upset me. Then I'm like, this is our big game day Mage Knight. And it's like a, right. the ending of this campaign just sucks. Um, you know, um, but I, I'm glad we did it. I do still love the game. I do still love the systems in the game. I love um, the card play. It's just, if you're a card game person, man, it's just got fantastic card play. Um I do like the combat. I know I was just kind of bitching about how complicated it can be, but I do right. enjoy it. You know, yeah. um, I'm not going to lie and say that some days I don't kind of wish it was just like, well, I got four armor and you got five attacks. So, you know, just subtract four from five and it's over. I do kind of wish it was that easy sometimes. And sometimes it is for your simpler combats. Right. Um, but I, I, I do like it. I think there's a lot to chew on here. I think as a system, because really it's a, a system within this board game the systems are fantastic and i think that's vladishvatil's design work at play which is that he's just designed some fantastic systems multiple fantastic systems within this game that all work great even if they don't always all play out well in every scenario every time yeah yeah um future of the game we don't know um, they, they released the ultimate edition it's been a couple years i don't know that anything else is coming people no. mage knight fans lost their minds at the uh new cards that they came out with i'm knocking everything off my desk <clears throat> sorry i was looking it up on amazon to see how expensive it was before we got to it um mage knight fans kind of lost their minds at the new cards because it was the first new mage knight content in forever you know yeah um the ultimate edition of the game is a hundred bucks on amazon right now and if this sounds like if giant, epic, long, complicated, fun, system-driven fantasy board game sounds like your thing, it's one of the best 100 bucks you're going to spend for the Ultimate Edition. Uh, the base game is $67. And I will say this. Um, I bought all the expansions because I'm an insane person. I've played <laughs> literally zero expansion content in all my time with Mage Knight and not even felt the urge to play the expansion content, honestly. In fact, um, we went out of our way to not play To it, not, yeah. There's so much in that base game, especially if you're if you if you're the kind of person that you're like, oh yeah, let's do that scenario different. Let's do this map different. Let's do the time limit different. You know, um, maybe every day we each get a crystal or so. You know, however you want to do it, then yeah. I, I think it's it's um one of those base game systems that 
there's a freaking ton of content. I know the, the expansions have kind of gotten mixed reviews depending, but again, I, we've basically played none of them, so we don't we don't yeah. know. But for 67 bucks, <laughs> I think um, it's a steal. I will say that it is uh, a lot. If you're the kind of person that loves lots of pieces in your board game, this is a lot of pieces. I yeah. mean, a freaking, like, it's not Gloomhaven, but it's a lot. Like, bef- before Gloomhaven came out, if someone was like, hey, what's the game you own with the most pieces? I'd be like, Mage Knight, bar none. Right. Now I own Gloomhaven, which is like 900 pe- individual <laughs> pieces. <laughs> but, um, but Mage Knight, and, and what I do love about it is that it is a huge, massive, long, never-ending game in a pretty small box. It, it, it is yeah. a pretty small, physically game. Um, which I, I do enjoy. You know, I always enjoy packing a lot of gameplay into small boxes. Yeah. Um, is the game worth it? I, I again, if you're the kind of person that you like these heavy interacting systems, and especially if you really like um really good card play, if really good efficiency focused card play, I'd I'd say if you loved the card game card play in Gloomhaven. And that was your favorite part of Gloomhaven, to use a, a more you know contemporary example that came out like right. a, a decade after this. Um, then check out Mage Knight because I think you'll love the card play in Mage Knight as well, even though it's it's a little intimidating to jump into. I mean, the way I put it is the miniatures light exploration board game with deck building and level up mechanics. Yeah, I would and agree if, with all of that. And if that sounds cool to you or sounds like something you'd like, then definitely up your alley i'll say it and this is how i've sold the game to so many people before if you like the heroes of might and magic 3 video game and i do it's fantastic you should play that too then and if you're like i want that but a board game it's literally basically that i mean or if you just want a a heavy solo game yeah um i i will say too it's it's a lot of fun solo. It's one of the few board games that I've tried solo that I was like, oh no, this is actually fun because the card pl- the puzzle of the card play and the efficiency puzzle in the cards um, does really keep me engaged. I will sit and play that by myself. Yeah, I feel like if I was playing it solo, I would cheat. I you know it's funny. I cheated more playing with you than I ever did playing solo. Playing solo, I'm like, no, I must adhere to my otter code. <laughs> but with you, I was like, I don't want to fucking fight that. I just put it back in the thing. <laughs> I feel like I would just be like, well, I'm going to start out pretty famous, so I'm going to start at <laughs> level three fame. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we didn't even touch on like the level up system and stuff. I do think uh, all of the systems in the game are just so very well done and so interesting and so fun and everything. It's a very tactile game. It's just a lot of little bits moving around. Organizing it is a nightmare. I would say just if if you had to pick between buying the ultimate edition for $100 and no storage ex- uh, thing for it or buying the core game and a nice like one of those laser cut wooden inserts for $100 cuz i think mine yeah. was about 30 40 bucks so $67 plus that you can either get core game with a nice insert or the ultimate edition no insert i'd say go core game with an insert because if mage knight didn't have an insert i would enjoy it a lot less cuz Holy freaking crap, there are a lot of pieces. Well, maybe the other thing I was going to say is maybe after we've done a couple more scenarios, we may come back and do like a second impressions Yeah, episode. really, if I were to label this show anything, I would say this is our review of the co-op full conquest scenario of yeah. Mage Knight. 
uh, which, you know, you know, it's one of those things where the scenarios just seem so different that it's hard to be like, oh, that's Mage Knight, because I really want to do that one where we just compete to see who can do the most dungeons. Like, that sounds fun. Yeah. Both of us just trucking Skyrim style across the overworld, seeing who can do the most dungeons. That seems like a blast. I feel like you would win. You 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 have combat down more than I do. I yeah. Well, I, I don't know. Uh, I I think I I I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, see. <laughs> uh, we'll thank everybody for listening. Uh, check I will. Us out on fa- thank you. Oh yeah. I will check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash board game barbarians on our Instagram at board game barbarians. I took a couple pictures of us playing. And I will upload those there. Uh, check us out on Discord. It will be in the show description. And uh, please rate and review us on iTunes. It helps us out a lot. It does help a lot. Yeah. Uh, and remember what is best in life, Justin. Getting crystals. Getting them crystals. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs>